This is episode 218, Sunday, December 29th. We're almost at 2020. And if you're listening to this still in 2019, you're probably starting to get that feeling like the holidays were horrible to you and you want to do better next year. And before you start going on the whole rigmarole of I suck, I need to do better. Now 2020 is going to be my year that I'm going to get it all together and finally be the person I want to be. Please listen to today's episode with an open heart and open mind. I've put together this podcast episode with a couple of resources. It's a Think of it like a two-part episode. The first is an audio that I made a couple of months ago about how to not betray yourself and give others your power over your nutrition choices. Why watching a documentary and changing your diet is the last thing you should be doing. And so if you haven't watched documentaries over the holiday season, but you have this like narrative in your brain, totally not your fault you think like this. It could be social media. It could be your friends and family commenting. And you're like, I need to do better. I need to insert thing here. Go plant-based, do keto more, take more exogenous ketones, up my supplements, whatever somebody else is telling you to do. Take a minute, listen to this part of the episode and really open up your mind to the fact that you know what's best for you. You know that when you eat chocolate, it makes you X, Y, Z. You know that when you have onions, you feel a certain way. Like you do know, like, you know, so listen to this part of the episode and allow yourself to just know that you understand what you need. And then the second part of the episode is a throwback to a podcast episode that I did with my friend Danielle Delavalle last year. She's the author of Happy Weight. I will include a link in the show notes to grab her book. It is fantastic. So these are the two resources I put together for you today. I think both these conversations, first about not betraying yourself, sticking up for yourself, understanding that you are an intuitive human being that understands what they need and take that power back from other people. And the second is all about how to set your intentions for the year following that don't revolve around your body or how you look. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can also catch up on previous podcast episodes as well as grab the notes for today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Now those notes will include links and resources and all the things. Just look for episode 218, 218 when you get to ketodietpodcast.com. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get started with the show. Hey, how are you? Today's video is going to be great for you if you've just recently watched a documentary that's made you second guess everything to do with your eating style or your choice of living, or if you find like you are easily swayed when you talk to other people, whether at the office or friends or complete strangers on the bus about how they are choosing to live their life. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, am I doing it wrong? Oh gosh this is you keep watching. So I went to yoga the other day and one of my amazing friends there came up to me and said, Leanne, I have a story for you. I'm totally screwed. I was like, Ooh, interesting. This should be fun. What are they about to ask? 
or tell me. I knew it was a question. <laughs> and he went to say, like, you know, I've been eating paleo for years. And this guy, oh, how old is he? I think he said he was 72, still doing yoga, just had lung surgery, living his best life, amazing human being. He goes, you know, I've been eating paleo for so long. And um, I just watched this documentary. Um, what was it? I've had a lot of questions about it. I can't remember. I've just watched this documentary and it said that I should be eating a plant-based diet. I mean, insert documentary name here. Like last year it was that other one, what the health this year, it's something else. And, and in that moment I asked him, do you feel good? He's like, yeah. Do you have energy? Yeah. Are you able to do yoga? Well, yeah. Do you have anything that's bothering you with your health? Well, no, I feel great. I mean, all the friends that I have at my age aren't, aren't acting like me, aren't, don't have energy like me. Their digestion isn't like mine. Like I, I'm great. I said, okay, what's the problem then? What is the problem then? So this is just a great example of when I say, if what you're doing is not working, you owe yourself to change it up. But if what you're doing is working, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong, why would you allow somebody else's beliefs, whether that be in a documentary or that person on the bus or that nutritionist that's talking about this new thing that you have to try because your life will be so much better. There is definitely that layer of, okay, well, can it get even better than this? Of course it can. I think that as we heal, we can constantly bring in new things and see how they work for us. But I think the danger with our society and something that is so ingrained in how we think is I'm either keto or I'm not, or I'm vegan or I'm not, or I'm Atkins or I'm not, or I'm a CrossFitter or I'm not. And how we define that is very much a balls to the wall mentality of, I'm either doing it all the time and it completely takes up every ounce of my being, therefore I'm a true keto person, or I do it sometimes, I don't do it other times, and I'm basically a failure, therefore not keto. It doesn't need to be like this, guys. It doesn't need to be like this. You can be keto one day, be paleo the next, be vegan the next day, go to CrossFit one day, you don't like it, you know, try out dancing, go to a yoga class. Really the ultimate goal with, any, with life when it comes to taking care of your body is to just show up every single day and ask yourself, what do I want? What's going to bring me joy? How can I find happiness in this moment? So today, as an example, I'm sitting on the bed spending time with Pebbles and I missed my yoga class because traffic was bad. And instead of getting home and doing yoga, I decided to just cuddle up with my dog and um, I went out because we were at a rental and there's a pool and I just put my feet in the pool, connected to nature really quickly and just, I have an interview in a couple of minutes. I'm going to do that interview. I'm going to put my bathing suit on and I'm going to go for a swim and spend the rest of the day outside because that's what I'm being called to do and that's what I know will bring me joy. Okay, so this isn't about, I didn't go to yoga, so now I have to punish myself by not eating lunch, or I didn't go to yoga, so I'm actually going to go in the pool and do a bunch of laps to make up for it. It's not about that. It's like, what do I need in this moment? I have to do a bit of work. 
because I have a job, <laughs> but then I can go outside and I can go and connect with nature and be in water and fulfill that need. And it might be five minutes. It might be 20 minutes. It might be three hours. I don't know, but giving myself that opportunity to show up for myself and really ask, what do I want? What do I need? Some days there's going to be days where you need breakfast. Other days there's going to be days where you need an intermittent fast. Some days you might feel like eating more vegan foods. Do it. Other days you'll maybe align with more of a keto protocol. But I think what's very, 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 did I say very dangerous is when we start to watch all these documentaries and talk to all these people and think, okay, well, I better do this thing because these people say that this is the best thing to do. They don't know your body. They don't know your body. They don't know your history. They don't know um, what you're going through right now. If I am on cycle day 27, the last thing I'm going to do is go vegan. Okay. I'm preparing for cycle day one, which is like the last possible option for making changes to my diet at that moment. So making changes on cycle day 27, probably not a great idea. Making changes on cycle day eight, great idea. Incorporate maybe some more plants. See how it goes. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. If it feels great, keep doing it. If by cycle day 25, it doesn't feel great, backtrack, do something else. So that's why it's so, so important to track your days and your cycles, because I'm telling you when it comes to understanding your body and being intuitive, having a little journal, like a little calendar, this is mine that I go through and just add, you know, cycle day six, feeling massively supported today was really shaking in yoga all day. Really? Maybe the, the crystal that I'm wearing is causing this and just going through all these things, um, feeling peaceful. Like I have, haven't been peaceful in a really long time. Like all these things, you can start to see these patterns and you can start to understand when the best time is for you to change up your workout routine, when the best time is to change up your eating style or whether or not you are responding properly to your eating style. So summary, a couple of things. First is don't believe everything you read, watch, or talk about with other people. Just because it's been their experience with a certain thing does not mean that it's going to be yours. And if you're pushing yourself into something that doesn't feel right, please stop. It's okay. And if you're following people that are telling you, no, this is the way you have to do it, stop following them because how the heck are they supposed to know? Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality, health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. 
ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now, this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. The second thing is, is if you are a woman and you're watching this and you are between the ages of 18 to 105, you can track your cycles. And you might be thinking, Leanne, cycles, I've experienced menopause. What the heck? As a woman, you still experience cycles in your energy, you'll find that there are parts of the month where you feel really energized, superwoman, And then there are parts of the month where you want to say no to everything, but maybe you continue to say yes. And so my program empowered woman, it's a workshop. You can go to my profile and check it out. The empowered woman workshop goes through all of this to start living intuitively with your energy and start to honor that. So when you have a lot of energy, you're saying yes. And then I show you how to say no when you don't have a lot of energy. And when you start to balance out those cycles and you start to understand that there's something really deep rooted here, you start to have a better month. And if you're still cycling, you don't have as much period pain, you don't have as many migraines, and you're able to cycle in and out of different eating styles so much easier. So please take a moment to look at these things in your life, understand that just because something worked for one person doesn't doesn't mean it's gonna work for the other, and the most powerful tool that you have is your own intuition, your own body, and she's ready. She's ready to give you the answers. You just have to learn how to listen, and I would love to show you how to do that, and I think that something like creating a calendar like this would be really helpful. Um, joining me for my workshop would be really helpful, and also just following all the stuff I have going on in, on in Instagram as I continue to teach you all the things. Okay, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you soon. Bye. I hope you're really enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. Snap a pic and tag me at Healthful Pursuit or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Hey, Danielle, what's up? Hi, Leanne. How's it going? I'm so good. I'm so happy we're chatting again. Me too. <laughs> it's hard to believe it was just a couple of months ago that we were chatting in real life, but it feels like five years. I think because a lot has happened in both of us. <laughs> it's insane how fast life moves. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I like to ask all of our guests when we're chatting about topics like this, what does self-acceptance mean to you? So that's a pretty loaded one because it, it can mean so many different things for every single person, obviously, because we are all so different. But really, when it comes down to the bare bones of acceptance, what we really want is a feeling of love and general well-being towards every part of not only our body, but then our life. That's typically what I... Because when we're, when we're talking, we're nutritionists talking about bodies and how we also want to talk about environment as well. So self-acceptance is that general feeling of just happiness to me. I love it. And okay, so let's rewind, say like 10 years and think back to December 30th, 31st of 10 years ago. What was going through your brain as the new year approached? 
You know, I think I really did used to get caught up in what everybody else was doing in terms of like commercialization of, you know, that whole like, let's let's start a resolution and let's do something different. And, you know, I my family was raised Catholic. And so Lent was always that big thing, too, you know, where it was like, oh, we're going to give up this thing or we're going to do this new thing. And and so I would I would kind of try and do something, but it wouldn't last. <laughs> you know, it would be like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat healthy finally, or I'm gonna exercise, or I'm gonna you know try and and you know get this whatever this body is that everybody's talking about, and um, and it definitely messes with you because you're just coming off of a high of spending time with family, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, you suck. Your life sucks. Everything about you is terrible, you know, and so it's a, it's an interesting way to start the year for sure. <laughs> I had never even thought about that. You're coming on this high of like all the festivities and like your heart is all warm from all the family stuff. And then there's like this heaviness of like, oh gosh, January 1st and I suck as a human being. <laughs> yes. It's like, uh, there's nothing like it. So then like, like myself, I would last until the 13th, the 14th, maybe the 23rd. And then that quote unquote failure would come in and I'd go off plan or I'd stop doing the things that I promised myself I would really do. And then there was like this heaviness and this guilt and shame around the fact that I wouldn't amount to anything. And then I'd give up all aspirations for a long time and get in this hole. Did, did you experience something similar? Yeah, it was like cycles almost. So I would do that. And then all of a sudden it was, they were advertising for bikini season, you know, and then it would be like, Oh, it's May let's work hard and, you know, do all these crazy things and restrict and, you know, and, and then you would do it all over again, right before the holidays, you know, it's like, Oh, it's back to school. And, and now we got to look good for everybody for the holidays. And so it was just these random cycles of just feeling like, you know, emotionally like garbage the whole year. How did you get off the roller coaster? Like, do you remember this aha moment? I don't think I've ever asked you that where it was like, wait a minute, I definitely had an aha moment, but did you have one? I did. I, I definitely did. It was, it was when I realized that, um, cause it was right about the time I was healing my gut and I started, you know, going gluten-free and that type of stuff and really changing my, my habits. And I realized, Oh, this is a lifestyle. Like this is what I do every day and not the restricting and not the, I hate myself, but like, I, I'm going to nourish my body every day and I'm going to show up and take care of myself. And so it was, it was a very profound moment. And then I, um, I stopped relating with all of that marketing that was going on and, and just turned it into white noise, essentially. A lot of people think that aspirations and goals can't coexist with self, self-acceptance. And how do you feel about that? Well, as a clinical nutritionist, I do have to disagree. I just think that our goals uh, should never be something that make us feel bad about ourselves. So, you know, for me specifically, I always look at the tests. So the goal is going to be, are we going to come off of our medication? Are we going to reduce our blood pressure, our cholesterol? Are we going to get our hormones in balance? And those are positive goals. And so, you know, really what I like to do is have the emotional component of self-love and then also having these really beneficial positive goals of reaching towards finding that self that's going to make us feel good every day. So you kind of mentioned like, what can we do instead, like getting off medication? How do we maintain 
a healthy relationship with that. Because I guess where I'm getting at is a woman can decide, I just want to feel better. Like maybe it's brain fog. I just, this year I would really like to just not have brain fog. And I mean, we'll, we'll unpack the whole this year thing maybe after this, but I just, I really just want to live without brain fog and hear a couple things that I want to do. But then she's flipping through a magazine two months later. She's like totally hitting her goal of not having brain fog and a magazine tells her that she's not good enough because she's a size, I don't know, insert a number here, 12. How do we constantly deal with the beratement of that media telling us that we're not good enough? You know, it's it's one of those situations that it, it is an exercise in itself. So we don't buy those magazines anymore. We don't watch the shows that make us feel bad about ourselves. We don't follow the people on social media that make us, make us feel, um, you know, crappy about what it is we're doing. We really almost have to become Luddites in a way where we go back to an antiquated version of society, which I very much like. And, you know, we find community with people and humans and have human conversations and find that vulnerability piece and, and really just try and shut down that mass marketing of, you know, that has been set in place for a very long time. I mean, clearly it's not something we can outrun, but it is something that, you know, I always tell people you vote with your dollar, you know, the less magazines you buy, the magazine industry fails, the, the less, you know, uh, diet stuff you buy, the diet industry fails. And so really just becoming your own sort of advocate and pioneer to just say, no, I don't accept those things in my life because I know I'm amazing and I'm going to continue to pursue that. Yeah, something I've really been focusing on, especially lately, is supporting small businesses with my dollar. So instead of, you know, getting earrings at Target, you know, finding a really cool jewelry maker that makes earrings that's local and then getting those. And yeah, they could be more expensive. And, you know, it's hard earned cash that I'm giving out, but it's to somebody else that can then live their dream and do the things that they want to do with their lives. And it just feels so much better having just one pair of earrings that cost $55 as opposed to 10 from Target. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. I've been a Fabletics VIP since September 2018 and save oodles of money on workout wear for physical activities from the gym, sailing, yoga, and beyond. The prices are fair, meaning if what's stopping you from getting out and moving your body is a fresh set of leggings, you can get the leggings and get out there. Fabletics is offering listeners of the podcast an incredible deal you won't want to miss. Get two leggings for $24. That's a $99 value when you sign up as a VIP. Just go to fabletics.com slash keto. Plus, you'll receive free shipping on orders over $49 and international shipping is available too. Again, that's fabletics.com slash keto. Unsure the link? Simply check out today's show notes for all the details. And so we chatted a little bit about like this year, I'm going to get off my medication. And I think that there's a lot of stress around, okay, 2019 is here. I'm going to be a better human. I'm going to do this thing. Even if it's coming from a, a space of self-acceptance, there's a lot of stress that comes with this time next year, I'm going to be better. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we have to understand that time goals are finite, right? They're not something that actually are continuous because they're... There, there's no, there's no aspect 
actually finishing. And so we have to understand that we have to really deconstruct the what actually is like completely because people think goal has specific end, specific end date. When I achieve such end date, I will achieve ultimate happiness. And that's not actually, that's not reality, even though we've been taught that that's the way that it is. But the reality is, is that there is no time. There is no this time next year. It's how do I want to feel right now? And what am I doing to achieve that? And, you know, and then it is ongoing because bodies continuously change. You know, they say, what is it that our, our, you know, our, our taste buds change every seven years, you know, our microbiome is going through continual, you know, 24 hour processes. We have to understand that, you know, this beautiful biological, you know, body that we live in is always growing and always changing. So those goals are going to change as well. And so having that this time next year is just complete bull honky, you ask me. Yeah. And so much can change in a year. Like, (laughs) I mean, just think about how, how many things have changed since we last chatted. I don't even know what that was. Like, it was like July. I think it was a beautiful day in July that we will always remember having coffee and not having anything to do that day. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was great. Like I actually had free time on a book tour to like hang out with a friend. (laughs) (laughs) It's nuts. And I, I love I love the question, how do I want to feel right now? That's something that I've really, I I am super guilty of, and guilt isn't the right word. I'm very good at designing a life in my brain and then jumping headfirst into that life and then being like, well, why, why don't I have all the things? And, and I've, I've built this thing up, like, why don't I have it right now? And something I've really tried lately is how do I want to feel right now? Like, what is that feeling that I want to feel? And what can I do right now to capture that feeling, whether it's like stepping outside into the sun or going for a swim? I think that's really important of like living in the moment. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's truly what I try and cultivate with people is that aspect of mindfulness, you know, really just come back into your body and think, what am I doing in this moment? And, and how do I want to proceed into the next moment? Because if we do, if we jump headfirst into this life or this idea that's completely outside of us, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how we're going to get there or what it's going to feel like. And, and then we may be disappointed because then we have this thing built up inside of our head that it's going to be this idea of whatever perfect is, but perfect doesn't actually exist. And, and then it creates anxiety and tension. And then that's when deprivation comes in. And then that's when we have that sort of like that rebellious behavior against it. And so if we just really just live from moment to moment, and there are profound changes in healing that can happen with that as well. So yeah, deprivation is a big thing. Deprivation, <laughs> restriction. I mean, the whole my experience with an eating disorder was all based on the deprivation restriction cycle of, and then I'd feel guilt and shame and it would just repeat and repeat and repeat. Let's chat a little bit more about deprivation and the role that it has for all of us. Like what's going on there? What are the feelings and what are the sources that are causing that deprivation? Absolutely. So deprivation is something that we, we all deal with in so many different levels. And, and that idea of, you know, that I'm, I should be this one way or I'm supposed to be this one way, that, that is the catalyst for what deprivation. And because the reality is, is there is no should, there is no uh, ideal, there is no element of perfection. There's just a matter of how you want to feel, but we don't understand that aspect. So we, we live in this world where we think we're supposed to be this one specific way. 
and it doesn't fit. It's not clicking. And then we realize, oh my gosh, well, then there's something wrong with me and I'm a failure or I suck at life or, you know, there's all this fear and anxiety that sets in. And so we start to remove things out of our life that uh, at one point maybe created happiness for us or, you know, was was an integral part of our day. And so we say, no, I must take this thing out because then I must be this one way. And so then, of course, that we're just riddled with this feeling of, of depravity. And then that, of course, we know deprivation breeds entitlement. And so then we say, oh, no, well, I can do this and I can do that. And then we go to an extreme. So then we overcompensate. And then that's where more, you know, controlled restriction comes in or we get binge eating disorder or, you know, we go off on a bender and do all of these different things because we're so out of balance because the balance we knew before was being taken away from us because of an outside ideal. And then it's just chaos. And unfortunately, that is the state of most of the people in our country today, unfortunately, when it comes to food and their relationship with their bodies. Yeah, it's so, I mean, we have so much work to do in the space. I sometimes forget that it's, that not everyone talks like this and not, not everyone listens to podcasts like this. And then I just have regular conversations. Like we went to a fundraiser a couple of weeks ago and I, I don't know, the topic of food came up and I don't love talking about my work, like outside of my work. Cause it's just, it's like bash my head against a wall and somebody said something. And I was like, wait, humans still think this, like this, <laughs> how have we been through this? I'm like, Oh yeah, not everyone is at this stage. And that's why it's so important, even for listeners who have full-time jobs or, you know, have nothing to do with health and wellness to share, share this message with their children and their friends and anyone who's interested. You know, I've had many girlfriends be like, so tell me about this self-acceptance stuff. And I'm like, heck yeah. Let's <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> I'm going to be changed for life. Yeah. Get a notepad. (laughs) And so I know that there is this belief around New Year's. And I think we really need to focus on it because many of the women listening, if you're still listening and you don't think we're just talking a bunch of baloney about the fact that if I lose X pounds or I look X way, my life will be better. I'll be happier. I know that that's something that I believed for a long time. And I would say... I still have moments where I think that like I would say five to 10% of my life still has that story. I mean, it's a loaded question, but how do we take the first step to understanding that maybe that's not true? I think we have to find a likeness. We have to find a likeness in either someone else or, or something that makes us feel that because the first step, I can't just say, Oh, just love yourself. Because that's, I mean, that takes, that could take a a whole journey for people, you know, multiple books or a retreat or something that's completely life-changing for them um, to this place of acceptance. But the first step I would say is find a likeness, someone or something that makes you feel really good about yourself, that makes you feel a place of non-judgment, that makes you feel accepted, that makes you feel beautiful and, and hold on to that and then see where it takes you and kind of go on that journey because we are all, we're all victim to it for sure. I mean, I wrote the book on body love and it creeps in sometimes. And then I'm like, Whoa, let's unpack this. Where did this come from? And it usually is something someone else said. So that shame conversation is always going to be perpetual. Some 
is going to say something mean. Someone's always going to say something about your body to you. Like sometimes it's not even behind your back. Sometimes it is straight up to your face and you may not even notice it because you're so used to it, but that's how it creeps back in. And so what we have to do is we have to go back to that safe place and find that, that, that beautiful feeling of love and, um, and acceptance again. Yeah, I think you raise a good point. And for anyone listening that might have an experience with an eating disorder, something happened to me recently, and it took me a couple of days to process it. I relapsed with my eating disorder about a week ago, and Mm. um, totally blows. And I've done so much work to get to this point. And what triggered me was somebody said, you're a thin white woman. And that just brought up so much for me, like when people comment on my body in a way that I don't believe it was challenging for me to, to process that at that moment. And it made me relapse. And I've been, I've been solid for almost two years fighting the good fight. And it just took that one comment that wasn't even, wasn't even directed at me in a harsh way. It was just somebody saying something. And I understand that now, but in that moment, somebody commenting on my body was enough for me to be like, to just, totally forget all the things and go back in time. (laughs) And I think, I think it's super dangerous when we comment on, would you agree that when, when we comment on other people's bodies, you don't necessarily know how it's going to be taken. Like a lot of people be like, Oh my gosh, Leanne, boohoo, somebody called you thin. But for somebody who struggled with an eating disorder, being told that they're thin brings on a whole bunch of stuff that is, is challenging to unpack. Would you agree? Oh, I, com- I completely wholeheartedly agree because I, I, I just recently spent a weekend with family and I'm so sorry that that happened to you, Leanne. You oh, know, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It's really tough. I just spent a weekend with family and, and my body has changed a lot since uh, the last time people saw me. And, you know, my cousin had even said, no, you were too skinny before. And, but then that makes me hate my former self and you can't dislike body before now or future. We have to like our body as a whole and come to a place of healing. And so it's disruptive to my healing because then it's like, oh my gosh, well, what if my body changes again? I don't want my body to change again. And then the fear creeps in. And so then it stops me from I don't know. What if I wanted to go run a marathon, but then I'm just going to think about my body the whole time instead of, you know, doing something awesome. Like, you know, I've never run a marathon before. What if that was something I wanted to accomplish? And so this is the problem is that we can come to a place of healing, but those comments are always, they're always going to hit us. And so just really at least learning to sit with it and, you know, understand where we need to go from there. I do. I, I, I completely can relate it's all a lesson. It's just, yeah. you know how it is. You know, you work so feverishly in understanding yourself. And I think for me, it's, you know, I'm at the very edge of a submitting a manuscript and I'm not taking care of myself. And I, I didn't have, you know, like you do your practices and you work up to things and you have everything kind of balanced out and you let your guard down because you're exhausted. And I, I haven't been doing enough self self care. And then that came at me and I didn't even have, I wasn't self-conscious enough to realize that it bothered me that much in the moment. And I think, I think that just goes to show of like being conscious of yourself, your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions is so important with any of this sort of work, because when you're not checking in with yourself, then there's no space that you've created. 
and it is what it is. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating because it just is, it's just really frustrating, but to be even be able to talk about it two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to, Oh my God, save this on a podcast. And when I know like at least a hundred thousand people are going to hear that, you know, it's, <laughs> it's terrifying, but it's also, I think it's so important to understand, you know, how, however far we get in this process of accepting our body and giving a middle finger to the new year and everything that it stands for, we can still have comments like you experienced back home and, and know that it'll be, it'll be fine. And there's space that we created and we learn from that process. And in the case of teachers like us, it's like, okay, how can we use that to teach and our experience, um, even though it's really crappy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to mention the whole, I, I think we should just have a policy. And I've, I've really been practicing this of not commenting on people's bodies at all. Not at all. Not even close. Not one iota. Not a you look great more. How about you look happy? So proud of your accomplishments. That thing you did last week, that was badass. Like, no, no more, no more body stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And even with children, you know, like my cousin has a daughter who's five years old and she loves wearing princess dresses. Like, I don't know. She's obsessed with princess dresses. And every time I see her on the video, I, I very much consciously try not to say, you look so pretty or because mm. I think it just sets that stage of you are a body and it looks great at a certain, you know, how it looks. You, you never know how that stuff is going to translate as that little being becomes a, a woman. Yes. <laughs> and they absorb everything you say. And they want to do exactly what you're doing. So, yep. (laughs) (laughs) And this is reason number 8,472 why I am not responsible enough to have a child. (laughs) (laughs) I second that for myself. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I screw up my dogs. So, (laughs) what is it? Uh, Justin Baldoni. I am just like so obsessed with him. He's the one that's on Jane the Virgin and he's always talking about his daughter. And he recently has been like taking her, you know, to school in the morning. And he's like, I can't even drink coffee because then she wants to drink coffee and then realizes we become these like fully functioning adults after we've had a cup of coffee. And then I'm on my phone all the time. And he's like, I got to make sure I'm not on my phone. And I was like, oh my God, just even those two thoughts of me. So I'm, I'm continuously uh, proving that I am not going to have children. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, parents have such a beautiful job and like kudos to anyone who is yes. a, a parent. Cause yes. oh it's my goodness, it is crazy. <laughs> okay. What do you think is missing in the keto space for women right now? Like, what do you wish there was more of? You know, so I, I guess I would say from, from a, from afar, it does there needs to be any different, but up close. Cause I went on the low carb cruise. Um, I was a speaker in the spring and to observe the behaviors, it was very disordered and it was very triggering for me. And I had to like continuously say it was okay that I was like eating what I was eating because I was on vacation and people were like, literally like up in my face, questioning my food, questioning my drinks. Like I it was just like, it was too much. I will never do that again. I don't think I'll ever with people that are in that space again, because that is not the headspace I was in. So from afar, I feel like keto is great. It's, it's doing what it needs. I, I feel like, 
you are doing the best work in keto because you bring in like the body love and the acceptance and everything like that. And you, you don't like, you teach people how to understand food and how it works in their body. And so they're not continuously like weighing and measuring every macro. So I would say if people could be following more of the style of keto that you're doing, it would be probably more beneficial on a mass scale. For the rest of the ketogenic sphere, if you're not using it for a severe therapeutic style of healing, then please stop making it a clinical uh, style. Stop making a clinical diet because you really have like, I don't know, epilepsy, Parkinson's, cancer, um, any sort of neurodegenerative disorder, any sort of inflammatory disease that needs a therapeutic style of ketogenics, then please stop weighing and measuring your food, stop checking that you're in ketosis all of the time and just like live in your body the fact that you're, you're eating to nourish so obsessed with your food. So that's what I, I mean, as a, as a clinical nutritionist and someone that actually works with people and the population that only does more harm if we're bringing that clinical aspect into the gen pop, because it doesn't have a space there. Yes. Oh my gosh. And thanks for the photo confidence that means a lot coming from you (laughs) I live my day (laughs) yeah I totally agree with you I I think you know even going to things like keto con can be triggering for me just because well especially when I first started keto and I was eating traditional keto and then in 2014 when I started going to my first keto conferences and there's that girl over there that says she's keto but she's eating a sweet potato and it's like having to justify your food choices, it's too much. It's totally too much. So I just choose not to eat like in front of people. (laughs) Bring it to my room. (laughs) I will eat my sweet potatoes in peace. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's too great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Danielle. I really appreciate it. You're always such a blast to chat with. I'm just grateful to you. I'm just, I I think you're such an amazing human and everything you're doing in the world is so beneficial. And and I feel very blessed to call you my friend. Oh, my heart. (laughs) Thank you so much. And where can people find you? Uh, You can find me at daniellezellavalley.com or on Instagram at daniellezellavalleyntp. And um, if you subscribe, you will see that I am launching a brand new 12 week online course. When does that launch? Got a lunch in yeah in February the first week of February and it's a twelve weeks to happy weight so it's gonna be super exciting I am so excited for this congratulations that's <laughs> thank, awesome thank you I finally two years it's been published in January so yeah I figured I had to do something well good luck creating it <laughs> and thank have fun you. with that process and uh, we'll include all the show notes and links and things that you just shared over at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E118, including a link to your, your website and the program. If you have it live by then, by the time the show goes live and your book and all the things. Yay. Well, thanks so much for coming on again. Thank you for having me. So great, right? I hope you're feeling way more relaxed about 2020. You're not beating yourself up over all the things that happened during the holiday season and you're ready to totally crush it. Next up on the Keto Diet Podcast, Wednesday, January 1st, episode 219, I'm giving you the ultimate exogenous ketones guide. If you're curious about how they work, if they stop you from fat burning, all of your questions I have answered plus more. Again, that's coming out January 
January 1st. And then Sunday, January 5th, episode 220, Tanya Dalton is going to be chatting about the five methods to accomplish your goals in 2020. It's a good one. You're going to want to listen. And until then, I will see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.